0: What is it about? Computational Communication
1: Science. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to our season finale called What is our field? My name is Mario Heim. I'm a professor of communication science with a focus on computational communication research at LMU Munich. Hi everyone.
0: Welcome to our episode. My name is Emesha Domahidi. I'm an assistant professor for computational communication science at Technische Universität Ilmenau in Germany. So in our 12th episode, we thought it's time for an intermediate wrap up. So we have no guests today, but we'll try a rather short reflection on what has been said and what this means for us. So most crucially, we wonder what is it about computational communication science?
1: The overarching theme of all of our episodes so far. And we started our series of episodes with some definitions of what computational communication science actually is, like the one from Wouter van Atteveld, who we also interviewed in one of the first episodes. But what I learned over these episodes is that CCS is much more than this definition and much more than a sole focus on some very computational methods. Instead, what I learned is that it's a very large and very lively community.
0: Yeah, through that, with a lot of aspects, right? Like networking and collaboration, we covered here, or policy making in a discipline that seems to be actually quite important nowadays, the development of new curricula, and increasing research activities all over in our field and around, I would
1: say. And on all ends, right? So for journalism as well as for psychology, media psychology, political communication, everywhere.
0: And a lot of materials. We talked a lot about peer workshops, right? And training materials that we can find for free often and sometimes visit, let's say, in more structured courses, like summer schools, for example. And of course, we had a lot of guests, Mario, right? Who are involved in a lot of individual or small group endeavors as well like Felicia and the software she created, remember?
1: Yeah, well, a very individual endeavor in that um, respect, just as Tetsuro and the data problems that we discussed with him, also kind of a a lone player in that regard. Especially
0: from our perspective here, right? Because for me, it was actually very interesting what Tetsuro told us about gathering data, for example, in the Asian context.
1: I found it interesting also to speak to Juhi who talked about individual researchers researching kind of against the huge platforms where every individual research project is an individual endeavor, but there is quite some research overall going on, although it's still small researchers against huge platforms.
0: Yeah, should sure that. And then we found that CCS is actually at crossroads, right, with a lot of other topical interests. I mean, maybe mainly Polcom, political communication at least among our guests, but also journalism, psychology, media use, and the platform research you just mentioned at the moment. So it seems that computational communication science itself in a transition, I would say.
1: Absolutely. It's, we kind of started, or the CCS seemed to have started at a stage where the field of communication science didn't really offer many career opportunities for those interested in computational methods. The chances to get a position as a computational communication science professor were almost zero. So a lot of these endeavors were focused on Polcom, on journalism, on the classical topical interests. However, I think this has changed. I agree with you in that we are currently in in a transition. Of course, we are good examples of that, but also Also, if you look at the job market in the communication science associations, you find a lot of positions dealing with computational or asking for computational methods. But thus far, I think the defining moment wasn't really the computational aspect, but rather everyone had to define him or herself with a topical interest as well.
0: I did you think this changed. I mean, I feel that we have a lot more jobs in our area, even in other areas where the skills are actually needed. So we have in a lot of descriptions we see that yeah, even different career levels, I think computational communication science skills could help. We are not entirely sure how it is in the industry. So remember we talked with Kyling and he mentioned that computational communication scientists are not in focus for data science jobs yet but could be if we would be able to sell this a bit better the skills or kind of maybe uh, get more closer cooperation with the industry
1: and if our job titles were computational something rather than journalism scholar for example so maybe this transition really is also helpful or beneficial when it comes to jobs of academia yeah true that
0: but maybe the field itself is kind of coming of age so computational communication science it feels at least if we talk with our guest is nothing new anymore so we are at a different stage in the beginning when we were like wow these methods yeah are there so we are very let's say it was super amazing to find those methods and somehow apply them and now we seem to have other bigger questions that are on our minds that are a bit detached from this pure application of some methods and being amazed about them.
1: Yes, we stumbled over lots and lots of questions with regard to collaboration. We talked with Claudia Wagner, we talked with Annie Walter, but also with Jacob just recently, a lot about how collaboration with other fields, with other disciplines could look like, especially computer science, but also computer linguists, for example. How is an ideal, collaboration taking place, who expects what from the other side, and what prerequisites are necessary on each of the two sides.
0: And we found as well that, for example, for communication scientists, a basic understanding of code is necessary, even do not need to become computer scientists, right, (laughs) or the biggest experts in coding. But still, we need to understand what is going on and to bring some skills with us. To be able to, first of all, solve some problems ourselves, this is super important, but then as well to be able to design good research projects that kind of or bring benefit to
1: all partners. And hearing what Claudia said, the same applies to, for example, computer science.
0: Yes, that was really interesting to talk with Claudia Wagner about theory, wasn't it? It was surprising for me, that was not what I expected when we planned this podcast, but I, yes, it made me think a lot about how computer scientists perceive, for example, our theoretical approaches and which problems they see. And I actually, to be honest, try to integrate this a bit in my collaboration to make more theoretical discussions as well with computer scientists.
1: Absolutely. So if we're discussing this coming of age of the discipline, maybe if I were to introduce, say, a sports metaphor, because that's a cliche and a stereotype, I know, but maybe one could say that Currently, CCS is kind of carving out or has already carved out the playing field and who's playing on it, like which are the disciplines and other uh, neighboring fields where we collaborate with, where we lend our methods from, but also where we participate in bringing these methods forward.
0: I think you're right. But if I feel as well as we already did this a little bit, even though this is changing all the time, it's a dynamic field, so we don't, yeah, maybe the, uh, the dynamic field, I don't know whether this can be a sports metaphor, but <laughs> I feel that the field itself is changing. And another point we need to add to the field metaphor is maybe that we are at the moment very much into establishing professional norms and values. So we discussed this, in my opinion, in the very first episode with Wouter von Attefeld, which was very interesting because he could give a great overview about all these professional norms and values that are established, and he's let's say, an important scholar in doing so. I mean, for example, in, in founding the Computational Methods Division at ICA. But another interesting perspective was Valérie Haase and her perception as a young active scholar especially in this group and how one can kind of get into that
1: yes and where the arenas are where norms and values are formed and discussed Uh, i mean what are the main tools what are the main languages what are the main validity measures for example that we agree on we talked a lot about R versus or R and Python, for example, and also touched which is more important, which is crucial, for example, if you aim at later on maybe going out of academia, which is more crucial to certain types of methods, but also inside each of these languages, which packages are necessary, how to report new methods and analyses. I think very important questions that we have not fully clarified yet, we did
0: not, even though I think it would be a big thing to finally clarify whether, whether R or Python are beneficial. I mean, a lot of people are waiting for that. so I'm not sure whether i kind of brave enough to <laughs> really make the decision. But we found as well that this is not always a conscious decision, right? Which language we choose and not always entirely clear. But what we could maybe even clarify better are what are appropriate standards, right? If we collect data, if we formulate research questions, or which are the ethical standards that we want to claim for ourselves.
1: So do
0: you have a spot metaphor for that?
1: (laughs) We're probably trying currently in the process of carving out the rules that form the game. We try to agree on that, I would say, in a very collaborative effort through diverse set of divisions and Slack channels and all those channels we discussed, where this, I think, is more and more being, yeah, standardized to some extent.
0: And we are maybe trying to do bigger projects, right, as well to establish, for example, infrastructure, a thing that we, in the social sciences, did not that much before, especially with regard to digital data and all that. So we discussed this with... Jacob Fisher, right, and our guest David Lazar, a lot. So the question, why does every individual researcher has to think about how to gather data, which data to gather, which limitations to include, whether to approach platforms or how to aggregate trace data, how to include data donations and so on. If we could try this somehow in bigger groups or even as a field,
1: what David, or how David put it, also is that if we were to combine this in larger efforts and bigger groups in kind of infrastructure approaches, then we would also limit the costs ultimately, like overall. And thus, we would probably also level discrepancies between resource-rich and resource-poor locations, resource-rich and resource-poor universities, institutions. So that the what we mentioned earlier, the individual endeavors and the larger group endeavors could probably be on par to some extent, soon-ish.
0: And we could be faster if we see in today's world how, for example, crises are rapidly evolving and we are way behind it with our research because we need to gather data in the first year, right? And it's super complex and then we are not allowed to share it. I think such infrastructure projects could us help to create more benefit out from our research, right? This continuous uh, group endeavors as you framed it.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think we're not quite there yet with infrastructure. And we discussed that with David. And he talked a lot about his efforts also in that regard. And we see other efforts also in other countries in that regard. But I guess this is a, a way to go. However, to come back to the sports metaphors, I think what we already did is we kind of carved out associations, leagues, federations, depending on the sports uh, you want to lend the metaphor from. We see divisions specifically for computational communication science within larger associations. We see conferences specifically for this field. We see, of course, we contribute to that with this podcast, but also we see discussion groups, we we see meetings, we see conceptual papers that try to bring this forward and try to highlight certain aspects that contribute, I think, in the long run to the establishment of infrastructure in in computational communication science.
0: So does this mean that computational communication science is becoming a subdiscipline in and of itself? And how could we put this? What is this? Uh, What what is our field? (laughs) Yes, yes, in uh, communication science
1: that's a tough question and i remember reading this book some month ago maybe even years ago i forgot time over the pandemic i have to say the book is by Sylvia weisbord and it's called post discipline it's not on computational communication science it's on communication science and but the argument he makes is communication science really a discipline because a discipline usually has some sort of shared core of interest whereas in communication science the shared core isn't really that defining moment. He very bluntly puts it that a communication scholar is someone who presents research at a communications conference because the the main core is something we cannot really agree on. It's so diverse and it's not even only kind of the media aspect. We have subdivisions and divisions in communication science that do not focus too much on media or have a different understanding of the term. And he then says, okay, well, maybe communication science then is something of what we should call or could call a post-discipline without a defining core. And in that sense, maybe CCS also is, it. I wouldn't go so far to call it a post-discipline, but it's lacking a common core of interest, I would say.
0: And it might be still reliant, right, on other sub-disciplines. I mean, this, this might be the second definatory moment, maybe, that it's still kind of connected to other disciplines. So most computational communication scholars are, as we uh, discussed as well with Annie, for example, are as well very active in other divisions. So it feels a bit like the home computational methods uh, is still developing, right, as to be a central focus. And I feel that, I mean, out of the discipline, there are still some concerns how this will influence our field? Like right? in the first episode, when we talked about Fuchs and QS, opposed to the definition of Artefeld and colleagues, that actually had, or this text that actually had a lot of concerns. That, for example, we will forget core skills of communication science because we need to code. While I think that this might be not really the case that this is not the real danger. Of course, you have a lot of challenges that we as well found in these episodes, for example, the ethical challenges that we mentioned before. But what made me quite happy is that we found as well that the computational communication science community is on it and is very reflective about these challenges and very solution oriented and very open to new ways to find solutions, right?
1: Absolutely, and also very transparent in that process. And speaking of transparency and solution orientalism, <laughs> drum roll would could be placed here. But if not, it's fine. So we discussing that. We thought that we could also probably um, contribute to this through a somewhat special series of this podcast, where we want to cover particular methods per episode, but not to teach listeners about the method. I don't think that teaching methods is appropriately placed in a podcast format, but rather to kind of hear about it, hear how it could be applied, what it is for, get an idea of what it is capable of in a rather structured structured way.
0: I'm looking forward to this. And of course, we also want to keep the current format Not only because these, let's say, these discussions are so interesting, but because we don't as well want to miss our guests who actually were great enrichment, not only to the podcast, but as well for the two of us, right? We found it super interesting to talk to them or you and
1: don't want to miss this. And we also have a list of remaining guests that we... Oh my God, a long list. A long list, yeah, yeah. yeah. We cannot stop this for a (laughs) moment. No, we cannot. I fear that the list is
0: um, not getting shorter, because (laughs) we are all the time adding new people to this list. So yeah, let's see. There's a lot coming. But of course, we are as well happy for other suggestions or happy if you provide us with other suggestions. So of course, always feel free to do so. And this time we have as well something new, so we have want to ask you a huge favor, right? We want to get to know you better. We want to hear who you are and what you are interested in. So we will, um, yeah, or we did uh, prepare a short questionnaire and would ask you to fill it out. And you will find the questionnaire in the show notes.
1: Yes, we also give you a bit of time for that. Or no, we give ourselves a little time. Summer is around the corner, so we'll take a a break after this first season. We so far don't know much about you, the listeners out there. Um, What we know from the aggregate statistics that we get from, for example, Spotify or Apple Music is that there's quite a few people listening to this podcast and it's a very global audienceship. Which brings me back to summer break is around the corner and is absolutely necessary. So, yes, fill in the podcast survey that you will find at the URL that we provide in the show notes, but it's also somewhat easy ish uh, to remember. remember uh, you find it under sociysurvey.de, soci as it's social science survey.de slash But we'll share the link also on all channels as well as in the show notes. And hope to hear you soon. Well, you hear us soon. Later this year. We promise.
0: Thank you so much. Have a great summer. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. What is it about?
1: Computational communication science?